Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 34 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today on Oilers Now. Some guests on the show receive gift cards to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue, and you can tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. All right, without further ado, this is this is me completing the Oilers Now cycle right here. I have had every recurring guest except for Elliot. That changes right now. We welcome aboard from NHL Hockey on Rogers, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, how are you? Good, Brennan. Where's uh, Big Bob today? Stoffer is, I believe, delayed right now on the tarmac, if I'm picking up things on, on Twitter properly, traveling off to Philly this afternoon. I'm sure he's handling that really well. I, I suspect he's keeping a nice level head as well, yeah. <laughs> Elliot, you were at All-Star Weekend last weekend. Uh, just We talked to you just before things started to really go down, but what was the vibe like there? Did you get a sense that uh, it was a good uh, turnout, a good fan interaction, etc.? Well, I mean, they're, they're usually fun. The players are in great moods. They do a lot of good things. The fans have a, are good. It's, it's relaxed. It was in San Jose, so that was excellent. Not like the terrible weather we're getting across the country right now. I, I was listening to your uh, weather report there. I guess you guys are having an awful day, and we just had an awful week. It took me three hours to shovel my driveway on Tuesday, so I won't miss this when this is <laughs> over. But, you know, I, the one thing I think was the only downer, just a skills competition aside from Kendall Coyne Schofield, I thought was really was really dreary. It was just not... It didn't have the it, the players just weren't into it, and that has to change. I think it's something they've got to fix going forward. And it's interesting you say that because I had the theory that with this being the first year that they've coupled the All Star break with the bye weeks, that that might be a little bit more enticing for the guys to actually go and and put on a show at All Star Weekend, knowing that either a they've just had that week off, or b they're going to have that week off. And yet you say that that wasn't the case. You know, it's funny you say that, Brandon, because we were talking about this. You know, there's, there's, I mean, the players don't really like all-star games. I get it. The season's intense. They don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a million-dollar prize for the winning team plus those bye weeks. Um, you, you have to ask them, hey, guys, we need a bit more than that. And I, I just, but I also wonder now, and I've been talking about this all week, and I wrote about it all week, I wonder if they just have to be less dependent on players in the skills competitions. I mean, uh, uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield obviously set the world on fire with what she did in the fastest skater, and Brianna Decker demonstrated the passing accuracy, and she did very well. And there were two Canadian players, uh, Rebecca Johnston and Renata Foss, who also were involved in in this. And and I I just think next year uh, there's going to be female players in the main competition. They're going to be there. And I also think that, um, you know, I would like to see them bring in maybe alumni or specialists. Like, I don't care if a guy's an all-star. Like, if if Dan Char is not an all-star and Shea Weber is not an all-star, why not put them in the hardest shot competition? Why don't you get 
eight guys who are fast and, and just say, okay, uh, we're going to go after Connor McDavid and the uh, fastest skater. And if McDavid loses, he loses. But um, just do a situation where um, it's it's more entertaining. They have to do something about that because the All-Star game is a big show, and it's supposed to show off your game at its best. And right now, we're just not there. And I think it's safe to say we're chatting uh, with Elliot Friedman right now from NHL Hockey on Rogers. That's not exclusive to the NHL because exactly what you described in terms of incorporating the female athletes and the and the um, the legends is exactly what the NBA does. And they struggle to to showcase the stuff with the dunk competition. And so it's not just an NHL problem. I think it's an athlete problem in that they don't want to. Is it a matter of them not wanting to get showed up in a in a competition where that passing one is incredibly difficult? We all know that. Is it? Is it maybe an ego thing with these guys, or do they just genuinely want that time to get away from the game? No, I, I don't even know if it's an ego thing. I just think that like the, ex, the regular seasons are so tough now. Um, you know, the, the NHL regular season, it's hard. It's, it's a grind. And I think so is the NBA. I mean, the Pro Bowl is a different animal. I mean, nobody wants to get tackled in that thing. Like, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, the, the NBA and the NHL, I mean, it's it's a grind, and I, and I think guys don't want to go uh, hard out. At least, you know, with the dunk contest, they bring specialists, and the and the uh, three-point shootout, they bring specialists. And, you know, these guys are guys that, you know, just do that. And it's not quite as taxing on your body, and you put on a great show. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, don't forget with the, the All-Star game, it used to be, there was a when players didn't make as much money as they do now, and I'm not trying to go on into one of these things where players make too much money because I think people should get whatever they can get. Um, you know, there was a big bonus for winning the All Star Game. You talk to guys who played in the All Star Games in the 70s and 80s and all the sports. You know, there was there was money on the line there, and it's not as as big a deal quite as it was then. So I think just as sports have changed and the regular seasons become harder. Um, it, we get into a situation where it just doesn't mean as much. Just to put a bow on this, do you think that there's any potential that they switch to a format in which that game does actually mean something? Like the MLB does that with the All-Star game, that's your home field advantage for the World Series, right? Do you ever see the NHL taking that I, kind of I direction? I hope not. I, I hate that. I, I think the teams, I, I don't believe an All-Star game should determine. I don't think so. I've asked that question in the past, would you ever go to that? And I always get a no, and I agree with that. I don't think an all-star game should determine home, field, home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final. I think that should be up to the, the teams involved. I've heard they're not interested in that. I mean, the other thing that's going on here, Brandon, is that you know next year's the all-star game is in St. Louis. It might be the last normal one for a few years. Um, one of the things the league and the players have broached is, is there some kind of international event they can do for 2021 um, you know, I don't think it'll be a World Cup. The players have suggested that. I don't think the league is, is into that. But I do think that, you know, one of the things they've discussed in years past is a kind of Ryder Cup event, North America versus the world. And I, and I think they might do that. They might take it somewhere. Like, I know one of the grandiose visions years ago was play something like that in London. And I'm not saying that that's what they would do now, but I think that's kind of an idea that they have. And the other one, uh, I think, is, is, is of course, is... 2022, you know, everybody hopes they're in China for the Olympics. So they may only have one more go at this and then take a couple of years and try to figure out some ideas of things to do. 
Interesting. Chatting right now with Elliot Friedman. He's an NHL insider and from part of NHL Hockey on Rogers as well. Elliot, uh, you mentioned in 31 Thoughts that you're you're saying that Andre Sekera is close to a conditioning stint. Nobody watching practice can really get a read on how close he is, but the bottom line is if they do bring him back soon, they are going to have to finagle the salary cap a little bit. Do you, do you see any clear path to, to getting him back in the roster, both numerically and with his injury? Uh, well, you know, I know that nobody really knows, but like the word I've heard is that he intends to try. Now, the one thing I, I didn't put in there that I should have put in there is that you can go on a conditioning stint without affecting your LTIR. So it might not be right away. Like I, I've heard the rumor which may or may not be true. It's, I, I'm stealing one of Doug McLean's lines that I'm telling you what I've heard. I'm not telling you if it's true. But the, the rumor I've heard is that he's hoping to play, um, you know, maybe next week uh, in, in a conditioning way. And so it, you can send him down there, I think, for three games without taking him off LTIR. But then if he's ready to play, then you've got to do it. So... This might be something that's a week to two weeks away, but at some point in time, they're going to have to do that. And I, you know, he's got a, there, as you know, you guys are right near the cap, and mm-hmm. he's got a five million his cap number. So I mean, you can do the math. It's uh, you're either going to have to send guys down and 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 take a million off their cap, or you're going to have to move guys out with taking anything back in, and that's assuming he's healthy enough to play. And you know, I just think knowing how the valuable Sakara has been to the Oilers in the past, uh, I, I think if he feels he can play, they're going to give him a chance to do it. So, Elliot, you also talked in that same article about uh, McDavid. And by the way, I should say, I should say, Brennan, that yep. I got to think that if if you're probably if if you feel he can play and he's healthy enough, you're probably seeing if there's value in some of your defensemen, even maybe a guy you just acquired or not. So. I, I think you're probably looking at your blue line to see if you can move some salary out. Certainly, and, and Bob did mention that Petrovich might be uh, an odd man out in that situation because of the value that he could carry for a team. This is uh, Elliot Friedman on the line right now, and Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. So, Elliot, uh, you talked about McDavid's leadership as, as well in 31 Thoughts, and this is a side of him that, personally, I, I haven't really seen yet. The, he's more vocal. He almost seems like he's got that chip on his shoulder, and you say that's a good thing? Well, I just think, you know what, I don't know if he's going to be more vocal. Um, I, I, you know, the one thing he said in the interview was he, you know, he came out and he had that one comment about if you're, if you're not part of the solution, it's easy to leave. But I think generally he just believes that the true way to do it is just to lead by example. Like we've talked about it a lot on our show about the abuse he takes on the ice and the fact he never complains about it. You know, I, I've talked with, we've talked on the show this year with Kelly and Nick about how maybe he should complain more often, but it's just not his way. I, I think that when I, when I started out earlier in my career, uh, Brandon, I remember uh, I, was, I was at, I was covering a Leaf game as a radio reporter, and it was an exhibition game, and they got destroyed by Montreal. And there were big hopes, and they were down 4 nothing, 10 minutes in or something like that in an exhibition game. And we were all talking on the press box about how garbage they were and how what a terrible year this is going to be for them, even though the expectations were high. And I remember the next day, like one of the guys I was talking about it with was Damian Cox, and he didn't write that. He wrote something else. 
And I asked him about it, and the thing he said was, you got to save your bullets. you got to know, you know when to fire them. And uh, I, I was thinking about that this week with McDavid. You know, he does not want to be a loudmouth. He actually used the phrase loudmouth. He said, I'm never going to be that guy. But I think he also recognizes that there are going to have to be times that he does say something. He doesn't want it to be a lot, but he knows he's going to have to do it. And I think last week was just one of those occasions where he said something to the team and he said the same thing to the media. Like he made sure the team heard it first and then he repeated it elsewhere. And uh, I just think that's the way it's going to be with him, Brennan. I think just once in a while he's going to do it and he's not going to make it a habit. The way that I look at it, Elliot, is it's, uh, like I said, it's a side of him that we haven't seen, but maybe that's what was lacking, or at least part of what was lacking with this team in the beginning part of the season is is he's got to find himself as as a leader of this team as well. And that's just how I, I feel think about he, it. I think he is a leader. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and, and to me, I think in a lot of ways, like, I, I don't know if I accomplish my job in the same way that McDavid does his. I would say he's a much better hockey player than I am a broadcaster. <laughs> but I do believe in the philosophy that the truest way to lead is not by getting in people's faces and yelling at them. I, I don't think that works much. I think you have to do it once in a while to show that you have that in you. But I think the truest way to inspire people is just showing, like, it's hard. You know, you're losing, the team's not going very well, you've already made a coaching change, you've already made a GM change, and you're battling to make the playoffs. And every day you show up to work and say, I'm going to do the best I can today to carry the team. And I believe in the long run, that is what leadership is, not getting in people's face and yelling at them. I think more people are inspired by saying, holy cow, look at the way he's working today than being yelled at all the time. Chatting with Elliot Friedman right now, uh, I want to quickly touch on something that Louis DeBrasque actually brought up earlier this week, and that was how McDavid was at the All-Star game and was being peppered. And, I, you know, you're, it's tough as a media person because you've you've got the availability and, and there's been two monumental changes this season, but in the same breath, McDavid's there trying to get away from all of that. And Louis was quite incensed about how the media handled McDavid when McDavid said, I don't really want to talk about what's going on back home. And they kept needling and needling. Did you? Well, how did you feel about that? If you noticed it at all, I, I mean, I noticed it, and you know, I don't like to be on opposite sides of arguments with Louis DeBrus because I think he could take me. But <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look at it this way. So, you know, you may have seen it. We did a sit down with McDavid last week, and we did it on the Thursday. It was uh, two days before the game, and you know, the one thing that you know, the one thing I, I really believe is. You know, they said to me, can you not make it six minutes about Edmonton? Is, you know, is, is there a possible way we can do that? And, you know, I kind of look at things like this. this. This is the way I look at it. I said, okay, I'm going to be dealing with Connor McDavid, hopefully, for 20 years. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's times, like I said, you've got to fire your bullets. And there's times that you've got to be smart. So... The one thing I said was, look, you can't go away without asking it. Like, I, I'm not doing my job. If you're telling me I can't ask a single question about Edmonton, then I, I, I can't do the interview because I'm going to look stupid. But what I said was, I'm only going to do two or three, and then we'll move on. And I think, you know, Brandon, as a reporter, and you know this because you're around there every day, the one thing you're trying to do is, can you make it different? Can you try to do some, ask the question a bit differently and, or, 
or do something a little different that because I do think athletes they like it when you come at them for the most part with something different because it challenges them they're like ah oh, I got to think about that now a lot of times in my career that's worked for me so a couple of times I've tried to be different and it's really blown up in my face but I think that happens and you know I, I think with McDavid the thing that really worked out in our interview was I noticed he'd gotten his haircut and he told me. <laughs> Uh, off camera, you know, he told me the story about how he had to go back twice because he didn't like the first one. Right. So I said, wait, save it. And, you know, I said, okay, let's talk about the biggest story in Edmonton this week, and that is your haircut. And and he laughed. He says, that's the biggest story in Edmonton. And so we, we had something a little bit different. And, you know, so I look at it this way. I think Louis is wrong in the sense that you can't expect the media not to ask you you can't and it's a huge story and you know sometimes you're in the bubble and you say well in edmonton he gets asked this every day you shouldn't get that there well not everybody in the media there isn't from edmonton there's there's a lot of other people there and they have to get their questions in and you can't run away from it but the one thing i've always believed is you have to know when to read your guest the person you're talking to you have to be able to say all right you're you're hurting the situation if you keep pressing. So I always look, am I going too far? And in the interview with McDavid, you know, we did two or three questions and then we moved on. And I that's generally my unless you absolutely have to drill a guy on something. And in hockey I think there's not too many topics where you have to repeatedly press and press and press a guy. Um, I think you do your two or three and you move on. Great stuff coming from Elliot Friedman right now. Uh, running low on time here, Elliot, but we saw one trade go down earlier today. Brassard is headed from Pittsburgh to Florida in exchange yeah. for Bukestad, McCann, a couple other pieces as part of that trade. But I want to look around the league, and, and who do you think might be the next domino to fall? You know, I think a lot of people are really waiting. I, I think that, you know, there's three, guys, there's three situations that have to be decided that I think that affect a lot of the market, and that is, the two in Ottawa, Duchesne and Stone, and the one in Columbus with Panarin. Like, those are three uh, dynamite players that could make a difference the way they're playing this year. And I, I think a lot of the contenders are going to say, all right, you know, we have to wait and see. Now, I think there's some situations that could be a little bit different. Like I said, Pittsburgh, I don't think, was in the market for those guys. So they're probably, they were going to strike. I think San Jose after making the Kane trade and the Carlson trade, they're probably not able to do that. So they might just do whatever they're going to do regardless. Um, you know, I, I so, but I think like the Winnipegs, the Nashvilles, uh, Vegas, um, uh, I think the t- me, you know, Boston, a couple days ago, I was like, they, they weren't really crazy about the rental market and, Somebody hinted to me, and again, I'm not 100% sure on this, but somebody hinted to me they might like Panarin, so maybe that changes their way a little bit. Um, but I, I think some of the teams that have the ability to make those big moves, they're probably going to wait and sit there and say, let's see what we got here uh, before with these three guys before we decide uh, to go anywhere else. And I think that's affected the market for some other players and uh that's kind of where we are right now. All right, Elliot, last one for you. Who are you taking in the Super Bowl this Sunday? I have a rule. I never bet against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. 
Never, like every year I have a, a group of buddies, there's eight of us, and we submit a list to one of my friends who's a lawyer, and each one of us ends up, you rank the NFL teams from 1 to 32, and you, and you get four teams based on your rankings compared to everybody else's, and the persons whose four teams win the most games in the season wins the pool. And I always rank the Patriots first. One, because I never bet against the Patriots, and two, the rest of their division is garbage. That's... So I, 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 I am a Patriots sycophant, and I never bet against them. You and Bob agreeing on that point. Thank you so much for your time today, Elliot. We'll connect again soon. Well, now you've told me that Bob and I agree on something, I've changed my entire opinion. Yeah, there it is. I'll let him know, okay? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Elliot. Take care. Bye-bye. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. We are very late for a break. Do you want to just merge them, Mr. Studio Producer Dustin Kaufman? All right, cool. So we're going to take a minute then and tell you that this March, you can take the family to the beach during spring break with great deals to fun in the sun destinations. Start planning today. Puerto Vallarta for fifteen forty five. Riviera Maya for $16.99 and Honolulu for just $1,875. These four and five star packages include accommodations, airfare, taxes, and parking at Value Park at the Interna- Edmonton International Airport, that is. For reservations, call the travel experts at New West Travel or book online at newwesttravel.com. We got to be getting close to running this together. Okay, so we're going to come back from this break. And global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And we're going to talk to uh, somebody from the Flyers inside and somebody from uh, inside the Montreal Canadiens. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.